Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans coming to you today with another teaching and prophetic songs from the Holy Spirit. And Father God, I pray that the hearers of these words and these songs will apply the words, not just listen, but act on the words from you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me another day to speak to your people as you speak through me to them. I pray that when they receive these words, it will find them in good health, with peace of mind, still with love in their hearts and joy because the joy of the Lord is their strength. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in our mouth. I pray that praises will continually be in their mouth. In the name of Jesus, today is the seventh day of November 2020. November the 7th, 2020 today is saturday and god rested he rested on the seventh day after all his work was ended which he had made he rested on the seventh day from all his work and so we thank god for today being the 7th of november we thank god for peace of mind and as I ring the bell, we thank God that he sent Jesus to save us. Where would we be if he didn't love us so much to send his only begotten son? And so salvation, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. John chapter 14, verse six. Here is the way to God. Why go on without him? The plan of salvation is simple, but must be taken seriously now. In these evil days, God is still letting us know there are many people who are going to receive these words. Yeah, they're saved. But there are many people who are going to receive these words are not saved. And so day by day, God will have me to speak to the, those people to let them know it's time because he's about to break forth with, his, with, a, with an awesome revival and they will come to know the Lord. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter four, verse 12. Contrary to what so many seem to believe, salvation is in neither the church, salvation is neither in the church nor a cause but through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus said, I am the way. In Matthew 18, verse three, the word says, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, because conversion is something more than surrounding your life with good works. Good works cannot save you religious thought and practice that cannot save you, or even the vain attempt to keep the law that cannot save you. It is a surrender of your will and way and a submission to the complete takeover by Christ. 
Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. What if suddenly you felt the silence of the departure of his presence, never to return again? My spirit will not always strive with man, God says. Answer the door now and invite him into the living room, the place where you live, and let him take over your life. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation, is in, in, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You see, Christ is the only door to eternal life. There's no other way. Christ is the only door to eternal life and only unbelief can close it. I want to say that again. Christ is the only door to eternal life and only unbelief can close it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that's a word for us this morning because God is still talking about repentance. He still want to bring us in alignment with his will. And yes, we've got a message from God this morning. I've got a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a message that you look and live. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It's only that you look and live. Look and live. My brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It's recorded that you look and live. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Time is of the essence. Jesus is soon to come. I know you heard that for years, but I'm still saying it. He is on his way. He said he will shorten the days because of the very elect. The time now is 10.01 a.m. We don't know the day, the hour, or the time that he will come to you, for me. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great 
and greatly to be praised. We place you on the highest plane for you are the great high priest we place you high above all else and we come to you and worship at your feet and we come to you and worship at your feet and we come to you and worship at your feet you will cross the barren desert but you shall not die of thirst you shall wander far in safety though you don't know the way you shall speak your words in foreign lands and all will understand you shall see the face of god and live be not afraid i go before you always come follow me and i will give you rest if you pass through raging waters in the sea you shall not drown if you walk amid the burning flames you shall not be harmed if you stand before the power of hell and death is at your side know that i am with you through it all be not afraid i go before you always come follow me and i will give you rest blessed are your poor for the kingdom shall be theirs blessed are you that weep and mourn for one day you shall laugh and if wicked men insult and hate you all because of me blessed blessed are you be not afraid i go before you always come follow me and i will give you rest come follow me and i will give you rest he wants to take us deeper 
deeper in the love of Jesus. But you have to follow him. He will give you the rest. He will take you deeper. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go. Higher, higher in the school of wisdom. More of grace to know. Oh, deeper yet I pray. And higher every day. And wiser, blessed Lord, in thy precious holy word. Deeper, deeper, blessed Holy Spirit, take me deeper still. Till my life is wholly lost in Jesus and his perfect will. Deeper, deeper, Though it cost hard trials, deeper let me go. Rooted in the holy love of Jesus, let me fruitful grow. Deeper, deeper, every day in Jesus, till all conflict past finds me conqueror. And in his own image, perfected at last. Oh, deeper yet I pray, and higher every day. And wise, blessed Lord, in thy precious holy word, in thy precious holy word he wants to take us deeper in him he wants to do that wide wide as the ocean high as the heavens above deep deep as the deepest sea is my savior's love Although I'm unworthy, still I'm the child of the King. For his word teaches me that his love reaches me everywhere. Now that's way back in Sunday school. That's way back in school when we went to school. Wide, wide as the ocean. High as the heavens above, deep, deep as the deepest sea is my Savior's love. Although I'm unworthy, still I'm the child of the King. For His Word teaches me that His love reaches me everywhere. He wants to take us wider as the ocean and high as the heavens above and deep as the deepest sea because that's his, that's his love to us. But he wants to take us higher. He wants to take us deeper in him, in the things of him. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now.
Oh, Lord, send the power just now and baptize everyone. He wants to take us higher. And you know, when you, when you have bottled up some stuff in a bottle and then you seal it, the bottle can't hold anymore and you seal it. And one day you decide to open it and whoa, you hear pow. That's the power comes out. But some of us, we've been bottled and bottled and God has some stuff inside of us, the anointing. Closed up for a time, for a season. It's like when you're pregnant, carrying a baby, but there's a season of nine months, sometimes seven months, sometimes eight months, all depends. But when that time comes, that that baby must come forth, it's coming forth. It's coming forth into the earth realm. So I believe right now, this is a time when God is about to break forth with a great revival that we've never seen before, experienced before. And I believe the stuff that is bottled up in us, he's about to open it up and pour out his anointing and the revival is going to break forth over the world. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. And baptize everyone. Listen, this is a ministry of signs and wonders and miracles. And sometimes when God does something, I wonder. Well, I sat in here the other day, that's a few days ago, and I listened, I had pow. And I was like, oh my gosh, something must be wrong with electricity. And I ran to the meter box in this section of the house to see if a fuse had blown or something. No, everything was in place. And I was like, I don't know what that noise sound like but it didn't sound i thought it was outside but no it was too too close to me to be outside it was inside the house and i was like heavenly father what is that i got up and i looked i didn't know what i turned off the lights i turned back on the lights oh and a few days later i smelled a sweet smelling scent and i was like and I knew where it was coming from. I was like, what is that sweet smelling scent? And so I walked in there and lo and behold, a can cover was on the ground. But it wasn't like someone took a knife or a can opener and opened it, but it was so smooth. The cover was so smooth. And I was like, I don't know what, where did this come from? And then I looked up and discovered there was a can of pineapple that didn't have a lid. Well, because of the power and the pressure and the heat, <laughs> blew the top right off. So God is saying there's a power and there's a fire and there's a heat inside of us that is going to be, he's going to blow the top off and you're going to have the power. You're going to be transformed, the power and the savor, the smell, the sweet-smelling aroma of the Holy Ghost. And yes, I believe there's a revival going on. And so therefore, 
because of that days later now he's giving me this message it's time to go deeper and high in god it's a move of god it is revival time but you can't go there without power oh blessed be the name of the lord and i believe he's giving his people supernatural power to draw the power draws will draw will draw like a magnet okay moving here moving there moving everywhere the holy ghost power moving just like a magnet the holy ghost power moving just like a magnet moving here moving there moving here everywhere the holy ghost power moving just like a magnet you can't stop it you can't store it you can't start and say this for me no 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 he's pouring out he's calling his people and they are going to come without you having to go and find them oh my father and so this morning earlier this morning i'm about to turn over and open my eyes and i, I had a vision and i had a vision where i saw everything stack up and it get higher and higher and higher and and the stuff was getting higher and higher and god spoke to me and he began to say, yeah, it's revival time. He's about to add to the church daily those who are to be saved. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Outpouring. When you have a bucket that is, is full of water, eventually you, you pour it, you pour it, it's going to pour out. Like the ocean out, out there. Sometimes it goes back, but it pours back into the shore. It's going to overflow the power of God. It's going to be like you catch a fire and the fire spread. The power is going to spread all over the world. He is going to deal with the hearts of the people. Revival is going to break out. Remember that the day the 7th of November apostle shirley evans is telling you the holy ghost says revival is going to break out soon 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 god is going to bring alignment to the church alignment to the people because time is of the essence he shortened the days because of the very elect he's redeeming the time god is going to bring alignment to the church because time is of the essence god is getting ready to restore you he's getting ready to revive you and and the bible says in in psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you're coming to the place of restoration and no lack no lack of healing no lack of deliverance no lack of substance no lack of love those people are going to be saved. The children are going to be saved. The little ones are going to be prophesying. He wants relationship with you again. He wants a personal relationship with you again. He is going to change the way we think. He is going to bring our minds in an alignment to him. He's going to change the way we think to deal with our hearts. And the Bible say, and the Lord added to the church 
daily those who were to be saved. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It is time to add to the church. Multitude, multitude in the valley of decision. Multitude of souls. They are going to make a decision. They are going to. So here is our message. As I said, it's time to go deeper and higher in God. It's a move of God. In the book of Acts, that was a great move of God. But this is that that has been spoken by Joel the prophet. It's time. It's revival time. In Romans chapter 11, verse 25 to 36, the word says, Romans chapter 11, Romans 11, 25 to 36, 25 to 36. All Israel shall be saved. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. For as it is for as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God had concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. All the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I just read to you Romans. I read from verse 25 to 36. I read from verse 25 to 33. I'll go further. For who had known the mind of the Lord? Or who had been his counselor? Or who had first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans chapter 11 verse 25 to 36. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Some, verse 26, some say the phrase, and so all Israel will be saved, means, means that the majority of Jews in the full generation shall be Christ's 
before his return. Let me say that again. Some say the phrase, and so all Israel will be saved, means that the majority of Jews in the final generation before Christ's return will turn to Christ for salvation. Others say that Paul is using the term Israel for the spiritual nation of Israel made up of everyone, Jew and Gentiles, who has received salvation through faith in Christ. Thus, all Israel, that is, all believers, will receive God's promised gift of salvation. Still others say that all Israel means Israel as a whole will have a role in Christ's kingdom. Their identity as a people won't be discarded. God chose the nation of Israel and he has never rejected it. He also chose the church through Jesus Christ and he will never reject it either. This does not mean, of course, that all Jews or all church members will be saved. It is possible to be long to a nation or to an organization without ever responding in faith. But just because some people have rejected Christ does not mean that God stops working with either Israel or the church. He continues to offer salvation freely to all. Still others say that the phrase and so means in this way or this how. Referring to the necessity of faith in Christ. In this passage, Paul shows how the Jews and the Gentiles benefit each other. Whenever God shows mercy to one group, the other shares the blessing. In God's original plan, the Jews would be the source of God's blessing to the Gentiles. When the Jews rejected this mission, God blessed the Gentiles anyway through the Jewish Messiah. He still maintained his love for the Jews because of his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But someday, the faithful Jews will share in God's mercy. God's plans will not be thwarted. He will have mercy on them all. The privileges and invitation of God given to Israel can never be withdrawn. It can never be withdrawn. This scripture, which says, was 33, was 33, which says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. That is a praise or prayer to God for the wisdom of his plan. Although God's method and means are beyond our comprehension, God himself is not arbitrary. He governs the universe and our lives in perfect wisdom, justice, and love. The implication of these questions is that no one has fully understood the mind of the Lord. No one has been his counselor. And God owes nothing to any one of us. I hear people say, but God owed that to me because I did that. You're just full of pride. He owes nothing to any of us. Isaiah and Jeremiah ask similar questions to show that we are unable to give advice to God or criticize his ways. 
God alone is, is the possessor of absolute power and absolute wisdom. In the final analysis, all of us are absolutely dependent on God. I know I am. He is the source of all things, including ourselves. He is the power that sustains and rules the world that we live in. And God works out all things to bring glory to himself. The all-powerful God deserves our praise. He wants to take us deeper and higher. And he's bringing revival. Joel chapter 3 verse 14. Joel chapter 3. Verse 14 declares, Joel 3 and 14 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Well, further up it says, verse 13, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Harvest of souls, the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. But God, the Lord, verse 16, the Lord also shall roar out of Zion, and utter his voice on Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountain shall drop down new wine, and the hill shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord, and shall water the valley of Shittim. And so, revival is coming. It is coming. Mark it down in your book. Put it on the refrigerator. Keep it in the front of your eyes. God is getting ready to revive you. He's getting ready to restore you. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Joel chapter 3 verse 14 as I read in, in your hearing. Joel 3 verse 14 says. I will go to it right now. Joel. Daniel, Jose, Joel. Joel 3, 3 verse 14 declares, there's an excitement inside of me for this revival that is coming. Joel 3 verse 14. 
It is coming, it is coming. Joel described multitudes waiting in the valley of decision, the valley of judgment of verses 2 to 12. Billions of people have lived on earth, and every one of them, dead, living, and yet to be born, will face judgment. Look around you. See your friends, those at whom you work and live. Have they received God's forgiveness? Have we offered them? Have we spoken to them about salvation? Have they been warned about sin's consequences? If we understand the severity of God's final judgment, we will want to take God's offer of hope to those we know. It's time that we do that. It is time that we do that. The word of God, the word of God will, the, the last word will be God's, not ours. His ultimate sovereignty will be revealed in the end. We cannot predict when the end will come, but we can have confidence in this control over the world's events. The world's history, as well as our own pilgrimage, is in God's hands. We can be secure in his love and trust him to guide our decisions. And so, revival time is revival, it's on its way. It is on its way, it's time for us to get deeper and higher in the things of God because there is a move of God, a great revival. And now I'll go to Acts chapter two, verse 14. Acts chapter two, Acts chapter 2, verse 14 to 47, maybe I'll read as far as that. This was Peter's sermon. After the baptism of, they, they experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost when it was fully come, they were all with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. That's, I'm reading from verse 1. They appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were uh, uh, confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Listen, in the Bahamas, revivals is gonna break out here. And it's not gonna be people running in this denomination that they are gonna move, they're gonna come where the Holy Ghost, where the real power is, is gonna be, it's gonna draw them, it's gonna draw them. And when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And now hear we every man in our own language, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our languages, in our tongues, 
the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Let me tell you something. I remember years ago God said, When this revival hit, the people are going to be pouring into this ministry. Well, this ain't no building called church. He said the people are going to pour in. He said, and the people of this nation are going to say, where do those people come from? No, it's going to be the power of God to draw. The power draws them because the harvest is ripe. He's going to save the people. He's going to draw them by his power. He wants to change their hearts. Verse 14, Peter's son, but Peter, standing up with 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out, out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. It's time to prophesy, because God is going to anoint them to prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. Before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God had raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make the make me full of joy with thy countenance men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch david that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day therefore being a prophet and knowing that god had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up christ to sit on his throne he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. 
For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the prophets, men and brethren, what shall we do? See, it's the heart, it's gonna be a hard change. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Yeah, repentance coming and revival coming. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Lord is going to call them. Ah, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is going to call them. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received him, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Multitudes, multitudes are coming. Multitudes are coming to the Lord in this revival. Multitude is coming. And they continued steadfast in apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. You're gonna see many tents, many tent revival, many house revival, many yard revival, wherever God is pulling in the souls. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as shall be saved. What I was seeing early this morning was the addition. It was addition. It was, it, it looked like it was five. Then it was 50. Then it was a thousand. Then it went up to a million. It's going to happen. God is adding to the church daily those who are to be saved. Revival is coming. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. It is coming. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. Revival is coming. It is here. You'll see it in your lifetime. Chapter 14, verse 14, chapter 2, verse 14. Peter had been an unstable leader during Jesus' ministry. Remember Peter? Letting his, he, he was so he was so brave, you know, like he's, he's a bragging. Letting his, some people would say braggadocious. <laughs> he was he, he was so brave and all of that and he was just talking letting it 
be his downfall. Even denying that he knew Jesus, remember? But Christ had forgiven and restored him. This was a new Peter, transformed. This is a new Peter, humble but bold. His confidence came from the Holy Spirit, who made him a powerful and dynamic speaker. I told you when I was a little girl, I didn't have much to say. I was just quiet, not much to say. And as I began to open up, like, like a rose, I began to open up, open up, like a rose, I'm open up. This was a new Peter, humble but bold. His confidence came from the Holy Spirit, who made him a powerful and dynamic speaker. Have you ever felt as if you've made such bad mistakes that God can never forgive and use you? No matter what sins you have committed, God promises to forgive you and make you useful for his kingdom. Allow him to forgive you and use you effectively to serve him. I had visions recently of young, young men actually preaching and teaching under the power of the Holy Spirit. And people are looking and say, how could that be? Yes, that could be because he's going to pour, pour his spirit upon them. Peter tells the people why they should listen to the testimony of the believers. Because Old Testament prophecy had been entirely fulfilled in Jesus. Because Jesus is the Messiah and because the risen Christ could change their lives. Peter answered accusations that they were all drunk. They accused them of being drunk. But Peter said, it was too early to do that. It's too early to go and drink rum, liquor, whatever. Not everything mentioned in Joel 2 was 28 to 29, was happening that particular morning. It's going to happen now. The last days include all the days between Christ's first and second comings. And is another way of saying from now on, the great and glorious day of the Lord donates the whole Christian age. Even Moses yearned for the Lord to put his spirit on everyone. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released throughout the entire world to men, women, slaves, Jews, Gentiles. Now everyone can receive the spirit. This was a revolutionary thought for first century Jews. Everything that happened to Jesus was under God's control. His plans were never disrupted by the Roman government or the Jewish officials. This was especially comforting to those facing oppression during the time of the early Christian church. Peter began with a public proclamation of the resurrection at a time when it could be verified by many witnesses. This was a powerful statement because many of the people listening to Peter's words had been in Jerusalem 50 days earlier at Passover and many, many may have seen or heard about the crucifixion and resurrection of this great teacher. Jesus's resurrection was the ultimate sign that what he said about himself was true. Without the resurrection, 
we would have no reason to believe in Jesus. Peter quoted from Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11. A psalm written by David, he explained that David was not writing about himself because David died and was buried. Instead, he wrote as a prophet, David wrote as a prophet who spoke of the Messiah who would be resurrected. The audience understood decay to me in the grave. The emphasis here is that Jesus's body was not left to decay, but was in fact resurrected and glorified. He has poured out what you now see and hear could be paraphrased. In other words, gave Jesus the authority to send the Holy Spirit with the results you are seeing and hearing today. After Peter's powerful spirit-filled message, the people were deeply moved and asked, what shall we do? What shall we do? This is the basic question we must ask. It is not enough to be sorry for our sins. We must let God forgive them. And then we must live like forgiven people. Has God spoken to you through his word or through the words of another believer? Like Peter's audience. Ask God what you should do and then obey. God is getting ready. He's drawing the people. It's revival time. If you want to follow Christ, you must repent and be baptized. To repent means to turn from your sin, changing the direction of your life from selfishness and rebellion against God's laws. At the same time, you must turn to Christ. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. At the same time, you must turn to Christ, depending on him, only him, for forgiveness for mercy, for guidance, and purpose. We cannot save ourselves. Only God can save us. Baptism identifies us with Christ and with the community of believers. Baptism identifies us with Christ and with the company of believers. It is a condition of discipleship and a sign of faith. As I said, revival is coming. It's coming. It's on its way. It's coming. It's coming. It is on its way. About 3,000 people came, became new believers. Could you imagine in Nassau, all of a sudden, we see all these people line up and we wonder what happened? What's going on in there? This is a new thing, a new way. About 3,000 people became new believers when Peter preached the good news about Christ. We are to preach Christ and him crucified and resurrected. We are, Peter preached the good news about Christ. 
These new Christians were united with the other believers. They were taught by the apostles and included in the prayer meetings and fellowship. New believers in Christ need to be in groups where they can learn God's word, where they can pray and mature in the faith. If you have just begun a relationship with Christ, seek out other believers for fellowship, prayer, and teaching. This is the way to grow and read your Bible. Pray every day and you will grow. Breaking of bread refers to communion services that was celebrated in remembrance of Jesus and were patterned after the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples for his death. Recognizing the other believers as brothers and sisters in the family of God, the Christians in Jerusalem shared all they had so that all could benefit from God's gifts. It is tempting, especially if we have material wealth, to cut ourselves off from one another, each taking care of his or her own interests, each providing for and enjoying his or her own little piece of the world. But as part of God's spiritual family, it is our responsibility to help one another in every way possible. God's family works best when its members work together. A common misconception about the first Christians who were Jews was that they rejected the Jewish religion. But these believers saw Jesus' message and resurrection as the fulfillment of everything they knew and believed from the Old Testament. The Jews, the Jewish believers at first did not separate from the rest of the Jewish, Jewish community. They didn't. They still went to the temple and synagogues for worship and instruction in the scriptures. But their belief in Jesus created great friction with Jews who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Thus, listen, I pause right here because I remember someone, I was going to a particular church and had to give a word to a church and then next thing one of the person had, had called me said, now don't let them know I'm talking to you. Huh. Oh. So here it is. They still went to the temple and synagogues for worship and instruction in the scriptures, but their belief in Jesus created friction with Jews. They didn't, so, so some of the Jews didn't want anything to do with them because they believe in Jesus. So as I said, the particular church that I went to, some of the people just didn't want anything to do with me, but I was speaking, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But their belief in Jesus created great friction with Jews who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Thus, believing Jews were forced to meet in private homes for communion, for prayer, and teaching about Christ. By the end of the first century, many of these Jewish believers were excommunicated from their synagogues. Listen, I remember they, when they used to say, oh, no, no, no. She, that's not God in her. She's in a cult. Well, they said the same thing about the people, um, the apostles, because they, that was a new way for them. But since they didn't understand it, they figured that they were in error and they was in a cult. Help them, Jesus. By the end of the first century, many of these Jewish believers were excommunicated from their synagogues. 
A healthy Christian community attracts people to Christ. The Jerusalem church's zeal for worship and brotherly love was contagious. A healthy, loving church will grow in numbers. It will grow in numbers. What are you doing to make your church the kind of place that will attract others to Christ? And we don't want to just grow in numbers. We want to grow, grow in numbers and anointing of the Holy Spirit in wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation and love. God is getting ready to send a revival. It's going to break forth. I've got a revival in my soul. I've got a revival in my soul. Since I gave my heart to Jesus, I've got a revival in my soul. It's a move of God, and it's going to take place suddenly. It's going to break forth all over the world. It's going to be real revival. It's time to go deeper and higher in God. This revival is coming with power, supernatural power. So many souls are going to be saved. God is working in the hearts and realigning their minds. Their eyes are going to be focused on the things of God. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that is about to fall all over the world. We thank you for repentance and we thank you for salvation. I thank you that you are drawing them to Jesus. Thank you for revival. Father, I ask you to cover your people today with your grace and mercy and love. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding continue to guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. I love you. God bless you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying, prepare for the move of God. Prepare for the great revival. God has not forgotten the lost children. He has not forgotten those lost children. He is bringing, and when I say children, I'm not talking about little children. I'm talking about we are, but little children, big, small, and all those who are out of the kingdom. God's love is going to draw them in this revival. Have a blessed day. I love you. Stay safe.